halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fucked it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, I'm Jenny Tear. Hi, I'm Kim Gaynor. Hi, I'm Camilo Fantasia, and this is Halfway There, a podcast about the new middle age. Hey, y'all, middle agers. Still getting older. What are your uh, most recent aches and pains? Uh, well, I know, I, I know that you've both had had it going on this week. <laughs> yes, been through it. Yeah, you've been through. Oh yeah, I got my Moderna booster, which gave me cancer. Oh yes, but I think it was just the microchip. My body <laughs> was it at first, but now it's fully, it's fully embraced it. I got a, a weird little, like, aside from my legs cramping all day in my back, everybody get the vaccine. That's wonderful. But my um, legs cramping all day in my back sounds like a cool, like rap dance song. Yeah. My, my legs like, cramping all day in my back. Uh, gra- Grandma B. Um, <laughs> Grand, Grandy D- B. It's but not Grandma I, J. Yeah, Grandma J, that's soon to be my name in like a year. Oh no, Gen Z, we, or Gen, yeah, Gen Z, we have to credit, um, but because that's really great rap name. <laughs> Gen Z. No, you're Gen X. Oh yeah, Gen Perfect. X. Perfect. Gen X. But oh I yeah, Gen X, right. Oh right, Gen X, that's better, funnier. Oh, yeah, Gen good. X. I got a lump in my in my lymph nodes, but it just went, it's just started to go away. Good. And didn't yeah. CNN tell us it had something to do with breast cancer? That's like, that's like the uh, scary headline you saw, right? What? They said that oh. after you get the booster, you might get a flare up in your lymph nodes and not to get a mammogram because the doctor might mistake your swollen lymph nodes for cancer. So. Well, that's scary that's- shit. Yeah. The COVID-19 virus is an ongoing, hilarious joke we're all living through. Well, as you all know, my testicles grew to four times (laughs) at regular size. Oh, yeah. My my vaccine. And I'm still packing. I'm still packing. It's never gone away. And it's really. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's a Since real... the vaccine, your testes have gotten huge. You and yeah, Nikki. you know, like Rihanna's cousin, and so um, no, Nicki Minaj. You oh, it was, it was Nicki Minaj. Sorry, Rihanna, I didn't mean to drag. Second you. generation Caribbean rap soul singers. Um, yeah, Nikki, uh, Nikki's cousin and I, we have the same affliction, and it's it's real <laughs> troubling because people on the gram, man, they just keep messaging me. Is that that is troubling because Nikki's it. cousin, um, in his engagement was called off, which is quite a shame. Really? Because I've been proposed because to like this- 10 times, 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you know what's crazy about that? Doesn't it feel like it happened maybe 1,000 years ago? What? Right. Minaj's cousin falls? Minaj Gate. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it, it does seem distant. Ballgate. It sounds it it feels like it happened at the same time as Watergate. That's how we're processing history now. 
and with Dash, cousin Balkans as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, it feels and, like so much has happened on Twitter since then. And Literally, have, what's that? I, I I just wanted to hear from Potato Girl herself as well. If her, well, you guys, yeah. I um I have a whole segment about this actually. Oh, so we're saving it. Well, have you been following the <laughs> kerfuffle over Madonna's Marilyn Monroe photo shoot? Oh God, no! Her? What does she do now? <laughs> so apparently, her and noted photographer, insert name here, I don't remember, uh, Stephen Klein, maybe, decided to recreate Marilyn Monroe's final photo shoot, where she was just she's just got pills by her bedside. Oh. And it, it's just, it's not an exact shot by shot. It's sort of inspired by, uh, but using sort of a similar, it's just kind of, a, it was a sad photo shoot for Marilyn and um, the internet has responded not well. With hate. To it. <laughs> yeah. uh, of course, Madonna is no stranger to controversy and she courts it. So I'm sure she's enjoyed all of the negative attention but it's, it, you know, of course, what they've said is that they were trying to honor her, but it's... Oh, yeah, honor her by taking her lowest fucking moment. She's, I feel like when you are recreating somebody's bloated corpse, it is a true homage. Okay, we're not, we're, we're not talking about the morgue shots. We're, no, we're but I think about, I've seen those. They're, yeah, they're pretty um, rough photographs. Yeah. I have been watching the Amanda Laporification of Madonna happening over Wait, the past what? year. No. Yeah, you put a lot of things together that I don't I don't understand. The okay, Amanda Lapore, what is she doing? She's turning into Amanda Lapore. Oh. Oh, 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 okay. It's Amanda Laporification of Madonna. Got it. Got Every it. time I look at her on Instagram, her face is becoming more and more cat that's that cat like filler face yeah like, like chip monkey cheese the thing yeah. is though sometimes i look at her and i'm like she looks good like yeah. she looks weird but she looks good yeah but mm -hmm. sometimes i'm like oh it's not good i'm kind of disappointed by this update because i heard the madonna amanda lapore vacation and I was I did too. so excited i did too i want a picture I need to see these photos ASAP. What As a part-time travel agent, I need to engineer this vacation. Yeah, <laughs> right. You can go to Barbados and Kim can be there. Oh yeah. Stay away. You need to be the tour guide for Amanda Lapore and Madonna. Do you think our listeners know who Amanda Lapore is? I mean, if I they're middle-aged, they should. I know my mom doesn't. So can you explain? I mean, how do you explain Amanda Lapore? Tina. I can explain her. Okay, she's, she's a trans, uh, I think self-identified trans uh, nightlife performer who has been on the scene in New York City nightlife for a number of years now, like 20, 30, maybe. Um, she is very curated in her looks. She looks completely like a plastic blow-up doll. And I mean, the lips like more than exaggerated think exaggerated and then add a hundred percent the cheeks the uh, cat eyes um for me i think what amanda lapore has done to her face is 
it's extremely curated. It's extremely purposeful. And I do think that it's been, she's gotten the look, the exact look that she's gone for. So I kind of appreciate it in a way. Um, it's performance uh, art in a way in a New York exactly. like underground because it, she's yeah. kind of. She just makes appearances. She shows up places and then it's a thing. And she At has, and she has like a partner in crime, socialized Jocelyn Willenstein, who has also gone to extremes with plastic surgery. Are they friends? I didn't know that. I don't, I don't know that they're, I don't, I'm not sure how BFF they are. They're just frequently, I think, seen together. Um, but Amanda Lepore definitely has much more underground cred, I would think, and Jocelyn Wil- yeah. Willenstein is a socialite. Yeah. So, and it, and it's much more like, oh God, I like don't want to look, but I can't look away with yeah. Jocelyn Wildenstein. It's not, it's, it's, it's just like- It's not as good. Someone, well, it's more of someone who has like some kind of um, body dysphoria. I, I don't want to um, diagnose anybody, but it's- Let's- it, it looks crazy. And Amanda Lepore also looks crazy, but it looks purposeful. So there's, I don't know, for me, there seems to be a slight difference. It looks like an addiction to plastic surgery, definitely, with Jocelyn yeah. Dean. Um, yeah. Amanda Lepore is a true New York nightlife fixture. Mm. Yes. Like sure. You know how in LA they talk about, who's the woman who buys the billboards in LA? Like, Angelina or something? Angelique, maybe? Angelique. The one with the pink Corvette, right? I don't know. I don't know about the color of the car, but it's some, she's a, okay, maybe this is unfair, D-list actress from bygone era, who's actually become B-list at this point, probably based on the billboards that she puts up for herself. And she's a noted also nightlife fixture um who is revered by the LA acting and sort of underground community yeah there are certain people who kind of carve out niches for themselves by being just completely unabashed in their eccentric narcissism I don't know if that is is that the right way of saying it or just like their bid for a certain type of fame and they're they're not they're not like humble bragging their way to it they're just but I don't think they make the pretense of being like serious actors. No, no, no. And in a way I really like kind of admire that. Yeah. Which makes them sort of more charming or like. Yeah. Yeah. And also doing it pre-internet because. Yes. They were the original TikTokers. Absolutely. Definitely the original internet personalities before there really was an internet. Yeah, you're right. It was like old school self-promotion when you had to buy a billboard (laughs) billboards wow yeah yeah that's very funny it's interesting i've never heard amanda lapore ever ever speak she actually is she has like she's sung too she sings live at places oh okay so she doesn't Um, react yeah i don't know if she's doing that now but yeah I can't name the occasion, but I've definitely seen Amanda Lepore hosting. Yeah, some me kind too. of evening, some kind of more day, than once gay yeah. event. Did you guys have like a a club phase when you lived in New York? Like, did you do nightlife? Are you kidding? Well, 
Are you kidding me? I'm asking Kim more than you. Okay. But I'm asking both of you. Cause I, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely hit the, I remember, I definitely have been to like a lot of iconic famous, I, I, and I wrote, I went to some with, with Camilo, I remember, but like, I remember tunnel when that was still a club, definitely went there several times. I'm nodding uh, vigorously. Uh, Escuela. Escuelita. 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 Although that's a different category. We can, we can get into it, but that's like gay nightlife. But right. that was Latin. That was completely oh, different. That was yeah. like grammar. Hey, Latin. Okay, but okay. So along the lines of tunnel, I remember tunnel, limelight, limelight. Yeah. So many times, Rudy. re- <laughs> Rudy's Rudy's bar. Rudy's well, when bar. I got when I got in my thirties, I definitely was like, let's just go to this this dive and just get shit faced. Oh, so that clubbing. When you talk about clubbing, to me, like the real because. Kim and I moved to New York at the tail end of the club kid era. Like, yeah, it was still happening though. It, it was, was still happening, but I think Michael Aleg had been arrested by then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes. Um, yeah. But it was still happening. And one hallmark of that era is that you were not guaranteed to get in if you didn't look. You hot. know, I think I think hot was one way to get in. The other one was to be like you made an Rich. effort to dress up. Yeah. You. You dressed up cool, edgy, fun. So whatever fierce drag queen was at the door was like, you can come in, you go home and change. And I remember that distinctly about Tunnel. How, and I I wish I could remember what what drag queen managed that door because it was hilarious. It was like- It was the most- You think you're gonna get in in those rags? Like, you know, get get away and, you know. And most was, non-PC thing ever. Oh. I remember, do you remember the club? Because this was like in early 2000s or maybe like 2005. Might've been like the last real club I ever went to was in, um, it was in Brooklyn. It was called Verboten. And this was, was control. And there was like a VIP area. I can't remember how I got into VIP, but it was there and there were people in there. It was just like some... <laughs> leftover like people were doing drugs in there and I was just kind of watching and then I was escorted to like the DJ booth which was above this huge crowd and I had my huge like afro wig on and there were thousands of people like a thousand people just like like worshiping me it was like one of the funnest nights and I was like I don't think I need to do a club after this actually like you hit your your peak it's yeah, I think I was like, yeah, I peaked. I'm like, um, I'm 30 and like, <laughs> it's not going to get better, actually. It was a really fun night. That sounds super That's like, I will never forget all of these people looking on me like, and, and, and when we passed people and stuff, oh my God, you're Afro, oh my God. And we went, you know, we were, we were ferried past the lines and, and I don't know who I was with. I don't know why it worked that night. And went to VIP and were up, you know, in the DJ booth where everybody was like looking up and yelling and losing their head and just being on drugs. And yeah. it was actually kind of cool because I wasn't on drugs, you know. Sounds very that's very, great. Very I don't think good. I have I know I never went to Verboten. I think I I, I don't, Camilo, what I don't was remember your favorite that one. Nerb night. I, we love tunnel. I mean, friend Sean Layav and I used to <laughs> We used to go shopping for children's clothes on the <laughs> parks. 
Wow. And because we knew it would be like now you'd be arrested for being pedophiles. No, Maybe. we'd be arrested for being like the children. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or for, for not being interested in children, just pretending to be children, because we'd have these t-shirts that it took 10 minutes to get into they were so tight and then they were completely cropped so your abs because i had completely flat abs at the time would be exposed and then we just had the tightest little shorts and then we had i remember those we had man purses i mean it was just the whole thing and that's how (laughs) that's how you stood out and i had my hair dyed blonde by sean um and he did too and it was just we were like skinny little things he's tall but other than that, it was just the right recipe for late 90s, early 2000s to get into things. And then once you were in, would you get attention from the men's? Never enough. Never enough. I think Tunnel was a little more um, pansexual in a sense. I think people were more willing to, but Tunnel was just wild. Like it just, I was like, there's another room over here. There's another room over here. There's another room over here. There were just, you know, that was the that was the thing in that in that era that yeah yeah 10 to 15 rooms if you were straight it was webster hall which i went to a few yeah. times yeah and yeah. and tunnel had its straight nights as well and then um palladium was the other one uh that we had a great time at but it was it was just never fulfilling because i was always looking for love so it was never but i love dancing so do you remember I the boiler dancing. room? That was a that was a gay one that I the remember. The boiler room is still standing, as far as I know. Are you kidding? I'm not. I that. the boiler room was home for me. Yeah. Don't you wish you could tell your younger like clubbing self just to like chill out, dance, and have fun in that yeah. love with them? And I think I was able to do that when I was truly dancing, but which I still love doing, and I do yeah. it by myself here. In my office, <laughs> but I've seen I've seen it before before we hit record. But exactly, and you completely I, struck me down and made me feel horrible about it. The joy that it brings to my life by telling do me you to ever stop put yourself dancing on Instagram. Like, do you ever take videos of yourself? TikTok videos. Uh, uh-huh. A few months ago, I actually did an inspirational dancing in my office video, and I put it on Facebook. Oh, you okay. did? Yeah. I haven't. I, I was like, it's Friday. It was like Friday at 5 p.m. and like some Dua Lipa came on on my mix. And you couldn't help yourself. And I hit record and that I did some Albanian moves. Things. And if you were like following healthy channels on social media, like my page. Mm. Oh, you're going to be talking about the uh, meta. Ver- are you? Yes, maybe you will be. I hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of which, we should probably go on to our Sigmontes. We should. Great yeah, timing. Do you have like a, a timer running or is that your internal clock? That's my internal clock. Well, it's right on. I mean, Ooh. you are, because I was about to say, I'm looking at the timer. And we gotta. Are you go the kind of person that like just wakes up at the same time every day? Mm, no, I wish I were. Yeah. Maybe it's my menopausal like internal clock. <laughs> it's just the middle age way of knowing it's time to move on (laughs) it's time to move on close down studio 54 
That's right. And stop doing lines of stop doing lines of cocaine off of the toilet seats. And uh, lighting light isn't cool anymore. (laughs) What are the cool kids up to? What music do they like? Where do they go at night? Are they watching sexy Netflix shows or anime or both? Cool, cool kids like really cool kids. We want to know what you're up to. Ah, as if. All right, so do you guys want to know what the kids are up to? How's y'all? Yeah. So this is an article a lot of people on the Twitter and the social medias we're talking about. It's from the failing New York Times because that is the temperature of a certain type of class, let's say. And this article is entitled, the 37-year-olds are afraid of the 23-year-olds who work for them. It's kind of a retread of a lot of things that we've talked about. So basically, Kim really sort of brought this to us about the um, intra-millennial Zoomer wars. And it's taking place in the workplace too. Mm. Um, who wrote this Jen this is by the middle American no doubt Emma Goldberg (laughs) I'm sure I'm kidding who was probably in Ohio no she probably wasn't she was in like lower Manhattan Um, so basically the article talks about how millennials will you know text their boss like i've got period cramps i can't come in today and like i need a mental health day i won't be in oh hang on i thought this was gen z doing this gen to z. millennials gen, no no gen z will will text their like millennial okay. boss like yeah, hey okay. i've got period cramps i can't handle like looking at your spreadsheet gotta be <laughs> tomorrow and, um and also they'll be like, I need a mental health day. And all of their bosses are really surprised at their at how blunt and self-directed they are. And then also they talk about how they bring politics into the workplace. And like one guy who runs a tomato company, there's a, fu- there's a funny quote in here. <laughs> Uh, many managers feel that ignoring the divide between young and the slightly less young isn't an option it shapes hiring it shapes marketing and over the last year it has shaped the way the companies respond to a country in tumult in june 2020 as black lives matter protests swelled across the country the slack channels of corporate america faced their own form of reckoning for miss rodriguez it started with a morning phone call Miss Rodriguez, co-founder at Unbound, which sells vibrators, called to say that their social media manager, a younger employee, wanted to know what the company planned to do to support the protests. Miss Rodriguez didn't usually receive calls on the weekend. She knew that for her employees, this signified a state of emergency. But she also wanted time to plan the team's response. Within days, her company hired a diversity, equity, and inclusion firm to offer employees training and started a fundraiser for a group supporting sex workers of color. So it it gives uh, a couple of examples of that. And also, um, they're really, like, employers are really worried about Gen Xers, like, taking a lot of paid time off 
like us and like not wanting come in to come into work. Wait, um, Gen, Gen, Gen Xers or Gen Zers or Gen Zers, Gen Zers, Gen Zers. Okay, the penultimate. The alphabet is difficult. Sorry, <laughs> Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z. The penultimate moment of this article is a is when um, the boss at Ziva Meditation at the company retreat starts something called the Sufi Awards. <sighs> I have to read this for you guys to believe it. The staff participated in an exercise she calls the Sufi, like suffering, Sufi Awards. Sitting around a campfire and sharing personal sources of suffering from last year, trying to one-up one another as corny award show music played in the background. <laughs> it was the Gen Zers, Miss Fletcher said, getting the most vulnerable by speaking about partners cheating on them or the loneliness of a solo quarantine. They celebrate human emotion instead of having an outdated framework of what a corporate of what corporate should be. I mean, like maybe you're running a cult and not an office. <laughs> so I'm curious what you guys think of this. Like one thing I thought is that this is so class specific, right? Like this is probably not happening at Costco and Walmart. Like they're probably not doing the suffering awards. <laughs> well, I mean, if they did, can you imagine? Like, man, like, that competition is stiff. Yeah, yeah. It would be really stiff as they wear their vests that say, "This vest has been made out of eight plastic recycled, you know, bottles." Um, so that's one thing I thought when I was reading this article that really jumped out at me. I think we've all touched on this, Camila. You have because you, of course have a grudge against new york city um from Kansas. <laughs> yeah i texted you when we were discussing this earlier in the week i texted you that none of these workplaces sound real to me the vibrator company the what the tomato guy that i know <laughs> and it is it is so they're talking so specifically about a certain class like all college educated right like i it would be hard for me to believe that no one of these people in this article that they've quoted, probably all of them have gone through four-year colleges, if not grad school. And that there's a real, that actually this article is more about like a class divide than anything else. Like I doubt that Gen Zers who are working at Stewart's like gas shop are telling or texting that they've got period cramps and like they can't work that day to their- Well, it's- is it, I mean, I haven't, I haven't read the article, uh, but, but it's, yes, yes, I agree that it's something that jumps out is that, yes, working class people aren't wringing their hair about these things or, or sharing or oversharing. They're just, you know, fucking doing what they have to do. But it sounds like the article was talking about some kind of discomfort with the slightly o older managers. Yeah with their younger employees, like sharing, like they're not ready for it, even though they're, you know, 10 to 15 years older tops, they're, yeah. they're freaked out by this new level of, you know, openness and yeah. honesty. Brightness. One thing I will say that I do think is interesting about Gen Zers, my experience with them, and also being here in, on a college campus and seeing how they interact and like, they are very, there is, there's very little, um, 
They're very direct about wanting payment for their labor in a way that I don't think I ever was. Like there's, there's a real understanding that life that, you know, that, that transactions are part of life and they want to be paid for whatever work they do that exposure. What kind of work are we talking about? Because are they aware that some of the work that they're doing is probably really shitty just because they're not good at anything yet? I know. And I have an example. I have an interesting example about this. Okay. And I think, and I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily something that originated from Gen Z. I think maybe it's more of a millennial thing. Um, real, really placing value on your work. And I think Gen Z maybe has really a, a absorbed it. Uh, but recently a millennial that I know reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm looking for a new job. I've never looked for a job and I look up to you. People look up to nice. me. I mean, oh, that's nice. Nice. It's just, you know. You're like, you should have seen me at the club when I had. (laughs) Then you would, then you would be running in the opposite direction for any. No, running in your direction, asking you for a date. Uh, But um, she said this particular, and it was a nonprofit in this case. She said, they're asking me to, for my job interview, to present a full social media campaign in order to be considered, you know, as, as part of my candidacy. And, yeah. I said, and, and I said, you know, that you'd asked me this 10, 15 years ago, I would have said, yeah, do it because you need a job and whatever, but the tides have really yeah. turned. And the real sense that I get from the professional networking that I do online about design is that you need to get paid for your time, like, or you have proprietary and you have proprietary rights over whatever you create so that they don't just interview 50 people yeah. and then just take all, the work. all of that creative yeah. content and keep it for themselves. Well, but, but places do that. And um, I've definitely constantly in contact with this too. I've worked in HR departments. I worked in the HR department for a PR and public relations firm. And one of the things that they would ask of the candidates is a, f- a full campaign or a design for this or that, or a tagline plus a you know a set of logos to be used here, 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 and here. And some of the candidates would come back with, "Are I mean, are you kidding me? Like that's a lot of work. I mean, do you own that? Do I own that? Like right. I I'm not comfortable with doing that for free, and we'd have to like." kind of massage it and I always thought like they have a fucking point you know it's true like it's not something I would question before but 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 these weren't you know a lot of these we're not talking college kids we're talking people you know well into the workforce young sure but not college kids saying pay me for the labor of my whatever fill in the blank that you might be great at but yeah. you're probably not that great at yet. Let's let's face it. Like I do think there's a certain, you know, humility and like lack of wisdom. Yeah. That you know that's just it's kind of missing with with that generation. I'm gonna get on the gen bandwagon for a second because yay that annoy well, me. The water's warm and bitter. <laughs> warm and bitter, just like I like it. Just like, like my beer. Yeah, it's like 
listen, people don't just become in this world of social media. And was that a big yawn? Was that a yawn, Camila? No, it wasn't. It was a, uh, okay. it was not a yawn. It was just, a, uh, like, I, I just, just don't agree. It was a just okay. don't agree thing. Well, oh, let nice. me finish. Let me finish yeah. my thought because it oh. Sorry, uh, I'm, about, I'm gonna mute you. I'm to mute you, <laughs> by the way. That's my name under your square. <laughs> I got the power. Okay, so um, in this world of social media influencers and people blowing up for doing whatever the fuck on social media and getting paid for whatever that quote unquote labor is, even if sometimes it is there's a woman, there's a woman. Uh, a young woman on TikTok that has 3 million followers and maybe more. And all she does is eat cornstarch. Mm. Told you about like all the weird rabbit holes I've gone down wow. with eating. And that's how I know about mukbangs. And this is a very specific one. It's also like an eating disorder that results from a lack of like a certain nutrient. So it's also like arguably really unethical but okay but still she's getting paid for her labor which is sitting there stuffing herself with things that are not edible right and so i just would ask that the the, the gen zers recognize that their skill does come into play knowledge and learning and and you're not just born you don't just pop out of the vagina being worthy of being paid a top dollar for your quote unquote labor. Sometimes your labor is shit. Yeah. Well, from some anecdotes, some observations, they don't know that yet. Fascinating topic. Let's hear, let's hear your, your disagreement. I, I, I don't necessarily think that we're disagreeing. I just, I just, I'm coming at it from the point of creatives and creatives are constantly asked to prove that they're worthy for a position where it's like the reason I'm being considered is because I have a portfolio, presumably that you are considering. So look at my fucking portfolio and decide whether I'm the right fit bait and also with the interview, but don't ask me to provide you with all of this free content, right? Because content is king and content is valuable in this day and age and it takes time to make. Yeah. So, so that's, that's my real quibble with this. I'm curious, Uh-oh. do you guys have an experience from your 20s and 30s, from when we were younger, okay, that you wish you had, you had said, I will only do it for, for payment? Absolutely. So many fucking times. Yeah. One of the times was when that playwright took word for word from all of us, but I have to say, especially me, um, the names of characters, whole fucking passages of a play that went off Broadway that was published, that yeah. hurts. Like that's just like, you yeah. know, you wish you could go back in time and snatch her by the neck and say, "What the fuck do you think you were you were doing?" Yeah. And maybe you don't know what all of the laws around this were that she and the producer had some sort of agreement that like whatever we produced was for hire, whatever that term is. But like, I can't tell you the amount of times that shit was just straight up stolen from me 
artistically in many situations and it makes me angry to this day yeah your intellectual property basically was taken from you yes yes yeah um i think especially in the kind of like forum that we worked in too which is collaborative kind of devised theater making um Mm -hmm. easy to sort of not get credited or properly compensated i wonder if that's changed now my feeling my sense is that it has oh yeah yeah, we we should have been clamoring about our labor for the, we actually should have been. Yeah, but uh, we're young and stupid, and we don't know. Uh, and I think Gen Z is a little more tuned into that. Millennials too. Yeah. Um, Kim, you are in darkness. It's very evocative and ghostly. Uh, I love it. Segment. We're ready to hear. You you ready? Even- even yeah, even though you are like a, a haunting right now, we're still ready yes. to hear your health, beauty, and or fitness or yes. whatever you want to tell us. Oh, I just want to be pretty. Give me your potions, give me your serums, give me your unwent. But that crossfit workout, baby, oh no, I can't. I just want to be pretty. I'm coming at you from the mysterious, dark Caribbean nation <laughs> of Barbados. Any <laughs> more racist? Um, I want to talk to you about a problem that affects like twelve people a year. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a, it's a doesn't simply doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Listen, no, you guys, dozens of people maybe. And it's something that I grappled with over the weekend, you as you both well know, and I thought I would bring some awareness to it. Okay, seriously though, um, this is not a, 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 a major problem, uh, but it is something that I think I should bring awareness to because like it was a really bad experience. So have you guys heard of solanine. I know you know a little bit about what happened. Okay, solanine is a chemical compound that builds up in some vegetables, especially potatoes, when they've gone green, okay? I don't know if you've ever, if they've they've gone green, okay? So um, it happens in several different ways. One of them is if have you ever heard like, you shouldn't eat a green potato. You shouldn't eat a potato with eyes that are growing from it when they start to sprout. Never heard the latter. Okay. Well, you shouldn't. (laughs) I just pull out the, I just pull out the growths and eat them. Okay. Well, well, listen, I'll tell you what you have to do. Just calm a vous. Do you want to, do you want to live? Kim, I I am. I am noted in this household for eating things way past their expiry date. Listen, this is another listen. issue we can discuss another time. I don't want to take away from your potato you discussion. Play, play silly games, get yeah. deadly prizes. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. So <laughs> the green skin. Sorry, Sorry. Yes. play silly games, get deadly prizes. Yes, <laughs> you've never heard of that saying. Get deadly potatoes. <laughs> the like, games are just potatoes. silly. The games uh, are silly, but then they turn out to be deadly prizes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. Life isn't fair. It's not a one-to-one sort of like adjective ratio. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. This is my favorite segment that we've ever done. <laughs> Let me get back to 
<laughs> this scourge that affects 14 to 15 people a year. Okay, solanine. Grown. It's increased. It's increased from 12. Well, I'm, I, we, they don't, we don't have the exact statistics, but I will tell you about some very uh, specific instances of like this going really badly. So let me impart the knowledge if you guys will let me, especially you, Camilo. Okay, it's a solanine is a chemical that builds up in potatoes, especially when they've gone green. If you see green potatoes and the whole thing's green, you can peel it and that might reduce the compound. But honestly, if it's super green, you might want to just throw it away. Solanine is a very potent compound. Um, and it's, it, it, it can be deadly. It's part of a family of chemicals called glyco, glycoalkaloids, okay? Um, and these are no fucking joke. So I don't know how many of you and all people out there have put a bag of potatoes in your cabinet somewhere and you're like, oh, I have some potatoes I can eat. You know, I can make mashed potatoes. I can, you know, no matter what, when hard times come, I have these root vegetables, right? That's exactly what I think when I get potatoes. Oh, get me old potatoes. Be alive forever. Right? I also want to know if Emma Goldberg is the also the author of the article where she said, solamine is no fucking joke. Yeah, for sure. Um, Goldberg of the failing. I will share some tidbits from an article. Emma Goldberg, the noted uh, anarchist, did not write it. But the author of the article that Jen quoted earlier, not the communist anarchist. Anarchist. So listen, I'm trying to save all 12 to 14 of y'all's lives out there that might run into this problem. (laughs) I got super sick this weekend. And it was weird. Another thing, another way this can happen, okay, it can happen to these green skins, potatoes that have sprouted. Just, okay, if it's got a couple sprouts, cut it off. If the whole thing's green, throw it away. It ain't worth it. This shit is very potent, very, very potent. And another way that it can kill you, you guys, if you happen to be storing potatoes in a dark place that, and they've just gone rotten, they say store it in a cool, dry place. That's cool for a while but not for like a long while. If those potatoes have gone rotten, they produce a solanine gas, okay? And it literally can take you out in like two to five seconds. There is um, a story that made the news in the last couple of years, and it's really tragic. Um, I know this is kind of like a funny topic, but this is real, so I just want you guys to know that. Um, a Russian family was wiped out. They had, a, you know, quite a lot of potatoes stored in a, a root cellar. Um, they had been in there for a while and apparently they'd gone really bad. The dad went down, never came back. The mother went down after the, Camilo, there's something you <laughs> You'd like to say the death oh, are you not potato, potato. I've heard I've heard the same story about riptides in Lake Superior. But listen, yeah. but it happens, right? Then the mother went after the father to say what was up. Like you didn't bring the potatoes. I need to get dinner on. Then the brother went after the mother. Like, what the fuck? I'm really hungry. Would like my mashed potatoes. And all of them were overcome by the solanine gas. And you guys, it's real. 
So what happened to me was I had some rotten ass potatoes. Okay. I don't know. They'd probably only been in there for like three weeks. And I thought, okay, the shelf life is probably at least three weeks, but everything rots really fast in the tropics. I'll tell you that. So near the rotten potatoes were a bunch of other foodstuffs that I touched. Okay. And I don't know if you've ever seen rotten potatoes, but they make a goo that goes everywhere. And that goo is filled with solanine. And the thing was, I smelled something that I didn't know what it was. If you get up on close, close to the, the offending taters, which I did eventually, it smells straight up like Satan's asshole. So you'll know, okay, stay away, stay away. But I had been cooking. I touched something that had touched the goo and I made dinner with it. And I had a little bit and I kept vaguely smelling this. And then I found the offending potatoes. You guys, it took about six hours. I was stricken to my bed with huge, like, like cramps, right? It could have been worse because I threw out my dinner because I, I knew, okay, this is bad. But you guys, if you ingest enough, you, it can cause severe gastrointestinal upset, vomiting, um, you know, lower blood pressure, uh, your electrolyte balance will be completely thrown off, diarrhea, vomiting, headache, headache, dizziness, hallucination, hallucinations, and eventually death. Okay. Um, so do not F around with them and do not touch contaminate if you find some rotten ass potatoes put on a mask open a window i'm not kidding you can be overcome by the fumes throw them out in a sealed bag and just don't let them rot like that okay next time it's amazing how much can kill us that's in our house it is it is it's weird and i was reading all of these stories like Here's one. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll share another one, not the Russian family, but this Please was written do. by Kay, Kay, Annabelle, Kay Annabelle Smith from the, um, uh, let's see, what's a good word? Craggy, uh, decrepit. Bottom. <laughs> what? The what? Craggy Bottom? I don't know. The Craggy Bottom Smithsonian Magazine. Yes. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Okay. I see. Yes. Um, so here's a little story. It was the second day of autumn term at a small boys school in South London in 1979. Without warning, 78 schoolboys and a handful of monitors simultaneously fell ill. Symptoms included vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, and in severe cases, depression of the central nervous system. Several patients were comatose with episodes of convulsive twitching and violent fits of fever. And many patients, there were signs of peripheral circulatory collapse. Within five days of the initial outbreak, all patients recovered in full, though some hallucinated for several days. Maybe if this can be, you know, harnessed correctly, we have a whole nother, you know, fun side of this, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, suggest that anybody. Mary McMillan and JC Thompson report in the quarterly journal of medicine. Was it potatoes? Yeah. But um, what could, what could cause such a sudden and mysterious illness? It turns out a bag of potatoes left in storage from the previous A summer. bag? How bag. big of a bag? 
a bag. Well, you know how big this bag was. You know how schools are. They like they're big bags. You know they're like you know industrial strength. So a glycoalkaloid um, is the culprit in these potatoes because they had gone green, they had gone bad, and there were high levels of them. And that is how everybody got sick. And in that case, nobody died. A sack, a sack, a large sack, a bag. A bag sounds like 20 potatoes. That's going to take out 76 students. Hello? Camille, you're not taking this in. I'm, I'm taking it in. I want the facts. That yes, the toxicity. You're not. I'm giving you the facts. The facts are that a very low milligram percentage of solanine can prove toxic if ingested or inhaled. You know why I'm skeptical. I'll say you know this. I'm skeptical. No, I don't. Way to poison your enemies. So if you've got somebody in your house you don't like, make sure that those potatoes go green. Uh, what if that's the Cuban? What, what if that's why the is Cuban your mind voice? going there, Jenny? Because why? it's an excellent way. I'm just saying, like you know those weird like embassy and like poisonings that there have been recently where people have been getting yeah, like what if it's just a, yes. a russian sack of potatoes in the basement it's, it's just meat. all potato it's a russian yeah it happens in russia it's all potatoes yeah you, they're like we don't have the technology the but we have potatoes 100 they're like oh we were gonna use this for vodka but let's poison some american <laughs> diplomats instead <laughs> We don't know about that family in their cellar. Maybe they were all KGB. We don't fucking know. We don't know. You know why I'm skeptical? Because I, I had some potatoes rot in the cabinet in Florida and it was absolutely revolting and maggots were involved and earlier and never did I have respiratory issues. I just had trauma from having to clean out. Camilo. But hold on. We are, this is, this is serious. I know this is funny, but. It, you could have had respiratory problems had you been in an enclosed area. It's true. I was in an enclosed area. Stop undoing, undoing. Stop undoing the good work I'm doing. This <laughs> yeah. absolutely has killed she, people. Yeah. You know what? Earlier I said to Jim, Kim has this, you know, she has this theory that there's this gas. And I said, but when I had rotted tomatoes, hold on. And when I had rotted tomato, oh, potatoes, and I mentioned to Jim, remember when I had those rotted to me, potatoes in my cabinet, I had maggots? And he's like, yeah, that's when I realized that you couldn't go on without adult supervision. Oh, <laughs> how romantic. How romantic, right? Yeah, he was afraid you'd be covered in maggots if he didn't. Yeah. Listen, it's it's very toxic. If you, I, I, I'm trying to find the, uh, just pull up the exact uh, statistics about toxicity, but- Stop downplaying it. You were very lucky. Those potatoes could have killed your ass. Okay. After listen, in nine in eighteen ninety-nine, here's 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 a something also from the craggy decrepit Smithsonian magazine. I can't believe I I can't remember what we named it. Um, but this there's a whole article about this, so it must be true, and it's entitled horrific tales of potatoes that cause mass sickness and even death and then the the under that is a green potato indicates the presence of a toxin that can cause gastrointestinal distress 
induced coma or even death within 24 hours of consumption. So they're talking about consumption, but there's also the gas too. But let me see. There is some mention of in Worst 18, movie ever. In 1899, after cooking cooked potatoes, after eating cooked potatoes containing 0.24 milligrams of solanine per gram of potato, that's very small, by the way. 56 German soldiers experienced solanine poisoning. So oh, all in a few cases, jaundice and partial paralysis were observed. Just, yeah. you know, tater safe. That's all. Okay. I I wanna, we, could t- we could talk about putrid potatoes all day long, but we do have to move on. But uh, Jen, please wrap it I up. I was going to say, I know we're all into besmirching the potato, but let's talk about how many lives the potato has saved. Um, i just want to go to the other side of the potato anyway i know we have to move on to the potato verse listen (laughs) keep safe out there i don't want you to be one of the tens of people who suffers from this potato poisoning every year yeah Please tell me I can excerpt this and use it to promote the podcast because you looking like the Blair Witch Project and saying, <laughs> beware the potato or whatever you just said. Beware the it. potato. <laughs> Fantastic. In 30 years, stuff will be different. How different? We don't know. But we'll speculate for the show. Come along for the ride. Okay, as has been hinted, I'm going to talk about meta or the metaverse. Thank God, because I have no fucking idea what it is. Me neither. I'm so confused. Are you being facetious? No. It's it's a Facebook thing, but also what is it? I don't understand. Okay, well, I'm thrilled to enlighten you because I would I assume that you would know about it and be like, oh God, do I have to hear about this bullshit? But um, yeah. yeah, let's talk about the metaverse. I mean... The metaverse as conceived by Facebook is a world that exists parallel to ours or worlds, it can be multiple, that exists parallel to ours in which you can move around and interact with other beings, nominally human beings, but probably also AIs in a space that is artificially created. So I wanted to read you a little bit from the founder of Meta, AKA our old friend, Mark Zuckerberg. Potato Berg, okay. (laughs) Watch out. How do you like them potatoes? What's really exciting about the metaverse is you could be a potato if you wanted to. But here's an excerpt from his very lengthy announcement about the name change for Meta or for Facebook uh, LLC, whatever it is. Is it Facebook Inc? Facebook LLC, Facebook and partners, I don't know. So the next platform will be even more immersive an embodied internet where you're in the experience, not just looking at it. We call this the metaverse and it will touch every product we build. I'm giving him too much emotion, aren't I? It would be more like the defining quality of the metaverse will be feeling of presence. Like like you are right there with another person or in another place. Feeling truly present with another person is the ultimate dream of social technology. That is why- You're doing great, Mark. So animated. 
Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. I am a human being for sure. Human-like even. Yes. Yeah, In this future, you will be able to teleport instantly as a hologram to be at the office without a commute, at a concert with friends, or in your parents' living room to catch up. This will open up more opportunity no matter where you live. You'll be able to spend more time on what matters to you, cut down time in traffic, and reduce your carbon footprint. This is the most important point right here. I'm just adding that. So how is it different from an emoji that like you sent to, to friends, you know, the emoticon where it's like you and you just text it to your friends and it like speaks. How is this any different? Okay. So yeah, I'm still confused. There's two yeah. there's two ways in which this is going to change your life. One is those sexy glasses that you have on. Uh-huh. They're going to be fitted with augmented reality, which means when you walk around, which is already a thing that's been done on your phone. We've talked about this. Yes. We touched on this. When you're walking around, you may be looking at your room, your sparsely or poorly furnished room and then you go wayfair.com show me what other pieces of furniture i could have in this room and then you're going to be able to envision this sofa or armchair that you don't actually possess but it's going to appear in your space through your glasses right we 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 have that and we i talked about yes. this at augmented reality for certain like um yeah, uh, platforms that are selling retail items. Correct. Like furniture, yeah. And people have been doing this. To remember Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is augmented yeah. reality, which means you could see the Pokemons in your actual physical environment. You just have to look through your phone, which is, you know, not the most convenient way to deal with AR, which, are, which will be in your eyewear. But that's only step one. I mean, I've already driven Jen away. Jen is like, left in <laughs> she's That's right it's she's time for me to go back to my amish yeah. compound yes. where we're churning butter at 5 a.m and that's a technologically advanced thing that we do getting cable knit sweaters like the one that you're wearing right now but but what is the real meat and meat and butter is that an expression i don't know no meat and potatoes i think is what you're oh potatoes no potatoes loud the real meat and potatoes of this will be wearing headsets, which will be kind of intrusive at first. So imagine you, uh, I, have a, I have this house that I've created in virtual reality and I've furnished it and I've paid Wayfair $50 to have this great couch. I've, I've paid Facebook $25 to have this NFT on the wall. It's basically a commerce platform where you're going to generate this virtual space that you can invite other people into and they can invite you into their virtual spaces. There will be public spaces as well where you will say, okay, well, I want to look like a potato. So you will be a potato with legs and you will be walking around and you will see other people who are their favorite anime character, their favorite Game of Thrones character, um, Mark Zuckerberg will probably be wandering around. He's shown off his own avatar. So you will be a physical avatar that's functioning and socializing and maybe even working in this virtual environment so that your drab, gray, everyday life barely has to intrude on, uh, on your 18 waking hours. And instead, you're in this vibrant world where you've created a world for yourself 
that is ideal and that you could not possibly create in reality. How is this different from anything that is already happening? I mean, the idea that like looking at a screen through augmented Zuckerberg reality mm -hmm. makes everybody happier. You're not looking at a screen. Thing. You'll be in a 3D world. So, so that's okay, a huge difference. Really? So okay, I have a question. Are you going to, are you excited about this? Like, will you make, will you wear Facebook classes? <laughs> I would prefer they were not Facebook brand, but they own the Oculus brand. But the reason I'm excited about this is because say, I have a, a slight amount of anxiety about going to Egypt. Let's, let's talk about that because <laughs> on rare, on very rare occasion, tourists get kidnapped or held at gunpoint, right? in Egypt. When I'm in this metaverse, I will likely be able to pay a nominal fee to travel to the pyramids and walk among them in a hyper-realistic representation of them and probably do more than most people are able to do. I'll probably be able to go into tombs that are off limits because they've been 3D rendered and have that experience that is not real, but it, it'll feel so real that it'll be almost indistinguishable. We're not there yet. Right now, right now what the metaverse is gonna look like is just very cartoony rooms full of probably 12 and 13 year olds. But as it evolves, and I'm, I've mentioned this before, the opportunities to experience our world or even other worlds in outer space as we get more imagery of Mars, maybe we don't even have to travel to Mars because our, our virtual representation of Mars will be so accurate that we'll be able to feel like we're walking on the moon or walking through Mars or on Mars. So for me, those opportunities are, are very exciting, but the big downside is this is a huge cash grab at the same time, because people are going to be furnishing not only their real living spaces, but now you're going to have to pay money to have like a properly furnished uh, virtual. Metaverse? Yeah, metaverse space, right? And, oh, okay. I, and I bet you lots of experiences will be financially gate kept where you'll have to pay lots of money to have access to certain spaces. Kim, are you excited about the metaverse? Are you? No, 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 no. Because it's not real. And I don't I know. It's because, and I don't, I don't think I'm easily faked into like having the emotional response to things that aren't real that I would to real things. I just don't like, maybe that is my programming as an actual human being, not, you know, half cyborg, like apparently we're all going to become, but I don't think there's anything that can replace my real experiences, my real experiences traveling or yeah. seeing things or, you know, experiencing beauty in different places. I just don't, I just don't think it's there. Um, and I, and for it to even approach something that could be there, I, I, I mean, I'm sure we're so light years away from that. You know, smell, texture, uh, the the breeze on your skin, the sun. Um, you know, yeah. So sounds being um, far near. Okay, we have surround sound, but even that doesn't. You know, there's just and just um, intangible things. 
like, you know, it's not real, period. Yeah. There's no question it. in my mind that all this will be replicated eventually. Like, no, but you can't replicate culture. You can't like the, you, you, you went, I mean, part of going to see the pyramids and going to is like having the experience of going to Egypt. It's like meeting a taxi driver who takes you there. It's that's not know, what most people want though. Most people want. The yeah. Because most people are idiots. Right. Right. So <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you. I would rather go than, than do this. But it makes me wonder, like, will this be a collapse of the tourism industry when only, like, sort of real experience advocate? Like, I'm trying to think of people who, like, listen to vinyl now, right? There's a vinyl renaissance. My boyfriend, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's still a tiny subset of people who want that authentic experience. Most people are happy with their streaming. So I feel like in the future, will no one go to Venice and it will be, like, so pleasant because those of us who really truly want to go to Venice are going to be so few because most people are going to be happy with their virtual experience of Venice, which is completely sanitized. So it, it's, it's a really fascinating thing to ponder. Okay. So for you, it's a means of like kind of filtering out the rubes, hoping that they're happy in their um, living rooms, padding around the canals of venice while mm. you're in actual venice yes enjoying the non-crowds okay look i mean my issue among many is that it basically it commodifies everything right i mean yeah it i mean sure. tourism is commodified anyway but this is the idea of paying facebook for experiences and giving them even more of our attention i just find that really depressing also the rollout of this thing is horrific it's horrifying it's it's horrifying that that was was that leaked video was it supposed to be released to the public was which tells you how that guy is he's not he yeah he, he's human-like. That's what I like to say. But, we're talking, about, but we're talking about a video where he's, by the way, for the listener, we're talking about a video where he is in conversation with a young, young hip cool. Facebook yeah. employee like where they're been, discussing the metaverse. a hostage video. Yes, she does. <laughs> Absolutely. And he, he claims that he, him and his friends, you know, are, are really enjoying being in virtual, you know, worlds and... Um, then he shows off his virtual avatar. Do you think he's going to get heckled? That would be really funny if, like, people go into the into the metaverse and they find <laughs> like the to avatar. like murder his, yeah, his metaverse have, version, like stones and <laughs> virtual stones at virtual Zuckerberg. That'd be awesome. And you look genuinely upset about. It. I think it'll be fun to dip in and. See I think it'll be life. fun to watch it fail. I, I think it has no, no it's people. not oh, it's not gonna fail because this is the same people who the same kids who are dropping hundreds of dollars into apps to get the best skins, the best uh, you know, upgrades to their characters, the best because it's a huge economy. I mean, you know this, right? Like parents are letting their children buy, oh, uh, buy more minutes on a game or buy more. It's these kids are growing up knowing that you can improve your experience by throwing money at these games 
in app purchases. App purchases, yeah. It's a massive economy that dwarfs films, dwarfs everything else. It, you know, so these are the same people who are going to be like, I need to have the best, you know, castle slash palace slash digs in this virtual world. I need to have the best outfits for my avatar. I need to have the best car or horse or mount or whatever to get around. It's going to be, it's going to be, like it or not, there's, it's, it's going to work. It's definitely, to me, it's definitely going to work. And I think it'll be interesting to drop in there and see what it's like. I kind of want to see what it's like. I don't necessarily want to be a full-time part of it. Oh, you, you, you want to drop out of reality for some time now, Camila. <laughs> I can see that this is exactly what you wanted and you're mm-hmm. going to get exactly what you wanted. Well, just, just all into the matrix and just call it a day. It, it, especially if like our earth goes to shit, it's going to be really attractive. No, 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 that is not, that is not a good recipe for like the mental health of humanity mm-hmm. ultimately we do arguing it is we are not satisfied with synthetic experiences it's why plastic surgery ultimately is offensive to the eye like i'm sorry but i'm a naturalist i just don't think that this is a way of living i really don't but maybe i'm wrong maybe people said that about the telephone and the car and maybe i'm just complete luddite but it's not that you're wrong it's that we grew up being told to go outside and come up come home when yes, we're all happier, and there's the- like I mean, why do you think that? Are we happier? Are we really? But the yeah, well, we've we've covered this, Camilo. Gen Z is the most depressed generation that there is. So yes, we're we are in fact happier. But they they're they're growing up in a digital world, and they're going to grow up in a virtual world, the next generation. So that's there's nothing. Owned by Mark Zuckerberg, guys. Can you imagine anything more depressing? If it wasn't Mark Zuckerberg, it would be somebody else. But it's, we didn't, I don't know. I, I find it interesting as an observer, but we are not, we are not the audience, the natural audience for it. So we're reacting to it. I, I think it'll be fun and interesting to see what happens with it. But yeah, we, what you're saying is we're old and nobody cares what we think. About well, yeah, nobody, nobody, them. Cares. nobody has ever cared what Gen X thinks. So Our purchase power is diminishing. It's true. Yeah, we don't have as many we don't have as many um years to uh buy stuff off of targeted ads, so I guess we don't matter as much. much. Well, wasn't that wasn't that fun to consider and think about? It just sounds corny. Corny? It'll yeah, probably horny. be there. Horny like, and corny. There's gonna be a lot of horniness in this stuff as well. Like you know pornography yeah. is always at the forefront of this stuff, so it's yeah. Oh, yeah. Very horny virtual stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've covered that. In speaking, a, of, in speaking of horny, um, are you horny for us listeners? Then <laughs> please go to our Patreon and donate. Donate. Uh, Why do you have to put it like that? Because we're over time. So um, <laughs> I want to, I want to, it's, a, I thought it was a very good transition. Horny, yeah, okay. horny for us. Uh, and, <laughs> then uh, please go to our Patreon and donate as you see fit and you'll get extras. Um, and you Give will... us five horny stars on, um, on Apple podcast. Five. Yes, horny. please. Yeah. 
five very horny stars. You're, you're like half masted two to four stars. No good. Like we want full on Viagra erection, five stars. We want Cialis stars, please. Cialis, Viagra, yeah. whatever works for you. Yep. Um, no. And send us emails. Give us feedback. Give us hor- like your horny fantasy feedback. And how do you feel Give about it, the yeah. metaverse? Like we want to know how you feel about the metaverse. And yeah, I'm gonna. Have you know. ever been potato poisoned? I'd like to know that I'm not alone. I mean, <laughs> Give also let us know. Solidarity. I do, because you just kind of tear it down. I just really want people to know that that was real. That was all of that information was real. Okay. And Kim cannot, cannot connect with the Russian family because they're all dead. Definitely potato related and not the Soviet state. Yeah. It was potato related. My God. Science is more weird than you can imagine. It's Apparently, true. Camila. I oh, no, am I this so, podcast horny for potatoes. Dot net. Mm-hmm. We need to we need to acquire that <laughs> URL, that domain. So the email to reach us at is horny.potatoes at <laughs> sorry. Don't <laughs> confuse there, them. My god. There, the podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> And uh, find us on Instagram and Facebook. Any final messages? Keep it horny. Keep for it potatoes. Yeah, if you if you keep it horny for potatoes, you will keep it perky. Mm-hmm. And alive. <laughs> keep your potatoes perky. And horny. Not green, right? And horny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bye bye. Bye. This has been halfway there, but it's also the end the end of this episode of Halfway There. You get it.